Blog Talk Radio. Archangels, Ghosts, and Bigfoot, oh my. It's just another night for Supernatural Girls. Real stories, real answers to life's biggest supernatural mysteries. And now, for another exciting interview with paranormal experts from this world and others. Here's your host, paranormal researcher Patricia Baker, on the one, the only, Supernatural Girls. Welcome, everyone, to another exciting episode of Supernatural Girls Radio. I'm your host, Patricia Baker, and it is, what, April 19th already? Oh, my goodness. That's for sure. And it, yeah, and it's a cool day here. It's in the 40s here up in the uh, Berkshire area. We are putting our coats back on, unfortunately. But we have a great show for everybody tonight. And one of our favorite topics, because we're always looking for ways that our audience can help themselves to get unstuck. So tonight we have a fabulous guest, and she is going to give us the right road to take with all of this. She's got a new book out. Heal Your Ancestral Roots, Release the Family Patterns that Hold You Back. Anuradha Dayal Gulati is here with us tonight, and we're going to introduce her in just a couple minutes. But first, Miss PK, what do we got going on? Well, tonight we've got a solar eclipse. So I wow. think we need to hold tight because there's going to be a lot of dramatic shakeups that come with that. So we can expect really? some drama rapid changes, and it's going to be a great time to adjust and pull together because it's going to be new territory working out for all of us at this point in time. There's nothing that seems the same. So you're going to have to decide what you truly want and avoid impulsive actions or words because they can't be erased. You can't get rid of the regrets once they're said out loud. So zip the lip, be cautious, be careful, and hang on for the ride because I think it's going to be a good one tonight. And if you stop and think really? about it, just, oh, yes. Can you imagine? England came to be given his, quote, total authority in his work up in May. So all of this is happening just before his coronation. Oh. There's going to be a lot of steak, rattle, and roll going on. Even Maybe with that, stay home. It won't happen. <laughs> it's <a> possibility. <laughs> oh, you never know. You know, it's quite a show with him and his wife. So oh, you never sure. know what's going to happen next. What what skeletons will be dragged out of the closet? So yeah, well, very interesting. It shall be. I think more so than we expect. I think it's going to seem quiet in one respect, but I have a funny feeling something's going to break free. That. We're not expecting this coming out of what's going to be going on this next week or two. So I just kind of hang on to your carpet if you're going to ride it around. You got to be careful. (laughs) The genie's going to come out of the bottle, I think. (laughs) Oh boy! Well, you know they keep talking here and there, dropping little pieces of information about disclosure. And you and I know Mm -hmm. that they're never going to tell us the truth, but they'll tell us what they want us to know. And it's so funny to me when, you know, when I hear people say in the government, oh, you know, we're so worried the public's going to go crazy and all. They're not ready for it. And I'm thinking, it's not us that's not ready. It's you guys that aren't ready because you want to hold on to your power and you're afraid if we find out the absolute truth. It's not us that's going to go crazy. It's you. (laughs) So... They and have they're it a little bit backwards. every day in every way. Oh, there's aren't no they though? Right now, everything's crazy. Well, and yeah, all of their corruption. We really don't know what to hold on to. No, well, we know not to hold on to them. They're so corrupt, and it's really a shame. <laughs> but it is all seeming to come out, and people still, some of them, don't want to see it, which is their choice. However, mm-hmm. it's uh, very interesting. To, to watch people wake up, the ones that want to. 
the ones that want to see the truth and know that, yeah, we've been lied to about UFOs and aliens and all of that for thousands of years. They've mm-hmm. tried to keep it under wraps. So can't seem to, well, look at how to accomplish that anymore. Look, <laughs> yeah. Right? Look at how many pilots for the last years have been talking about seeing UFOs, etc. And everybody's, oh, no, that doesn't happen. Well, it's amazing how people keep seeing what isn't happening. I know, and they take pictures of it, too, and videos. Yeah. Goodness. But that Goodness. didn't happen. <laughs> Just ask. No, right. Ask the right. No, right. God. Crazy. <laughs> Speaking oh, of crazy, gosh. I understand you had a big black bear in your yard last night. Oh, my goodness. Two nights ago, we heard the driveway alarms going off. Well, actually, I didn't. I slept through it. But my husband heard the driveway <laughs> alarms going off around midnight, and he got up and started going around uh, the second floor of the house looking outside. And there was an enormous black bear. Now, we've had bears up here before, all different sizes, little ones and big ones. We had one 500-pounder up here that found our compost bin. So we had to get rid of that thing. So, Because once they <laughs> see something like that and identify it as a feeding source, they map it in their brains and then they wake up in the spring and they know just where to go so we got rid of our compost bin (laughs) however this guy was a giant he is the biggest bear we've ever ever seen up here he's i don't even want to hesitate to guess about a weight but he stands about six feet tall so he's very big and i will post a picture on our supernatural girls page so everybody can see him yeah he is a Big boy, that's for sure. I was glad we were inside, glad he was outside, yeah. and well, we don't hunt bears. are collecting we... pets again. <laughs> right, I know. He's a new pet. Um... <laughs> Your pup would handle him in a minute. <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> sure he would. So, anyways, it's it's beautiful to watch, though. I mean, they are beautiful and so powerful, yeah. and it's they're Maybe not to be messed not... with, that's for sure. No, no, not at all. Definitely not. No. Now, I'm, I also wanted to let everybody know, because I've been talking a lot about the Endolite Band, I've been getting a lot of questions about it. I'm going to post on our Facebook page a link to a webinar where the two doctors from Germany are going to be talking about it. They're going to share their research because they've been doing research on it and they have a lot to report. So everybody's been asking me questions about the research. If you listen to the webinar, and I'm sure they'll, you know, you can listen to it live or you can also listen to it later on, then I'll post the link and you can get all the information right from the source. Because apparently this endolite band is capable of much, much more than what I know about. So I'm excited to hear what they have to say as well. So it's a great, great tool to have at your disposal and it's great that you can use it right in the privacy of your home you don't have to run to a doctor's office and pay a fee just for the um, pleasure of sitting in their office waiting for them you can actually use this at home whenever you want so i will post the link you can uh, listen to this live like i mentioned or after the fact and get all the information on the endolite band and i believe they're also going to be talking about the laser helmet that they invented for alzheimer's so you'll get oh, to hear about wonderful. that if you want to. Yes, yes. So it's all all mm. good stuff. So I'll put that up. You guys can uh, look at the bear, and then you can do the webinar. <laughs> so <laughs> not necessarily that, that order. <laughs> right, right. You know, whatever order you want. <laughs> so as I mentioned, we have a lovely guest with us tonight. She's absolutely beautiful. She's smart. She's everything, and she's here with us to talk about healing our ancestral roots. Now, we've talked a lot about the direction of our lives, manifestation, and when something isn't going on the path that we'd like it to go on, we know something's in the way. And this is the first time that we're having a guest on the show to talk about ancestral roots and how this can create a block. So our guest Mm -hmm. is Dr. Anuradha, Dayal Gulate, I'm Gulati. I'm going to hopefully pronounce that correctly. We're going to I'll get corrected if I didn't. So, 
in the in the meantime, I want you to again remember the name of her book: Heal Your Ancestral Roots, Release the Family Patterns That Hold You Back. So, Anu, after 15 years in finance and academia, she has a doctorate in economics. Anu found her her passion, and it wasn't in economics. It's as a certified energy practitioner, and she specializes in ancestral and emotional healing. Now, her first non-business book, Heal Your Ancestral Roots, has just been released this year. We're so happy to have her on the show. Now, she came to the U.S. to earn her Ph.D. in economics and stayed, and she lives near me in Boston with her husband and two Mm -hmm. children. And Anu, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much, Patricia, for that introduction, and thank you so much, both of you, for having me on the show. Just listening to the two of you talk, I'm already intrigued by all the things you do. (laughs) Oh, that's great. (laughs) Well, we're thrilled with your book. I think uh, we both, PK and I have been talking about it all week. This is such an important topic, and you have rolled up your sleeves and taken it on in this very well-written book. And how did all this start for you? It looks like from what we read, it started with a health crisis. Yeah, and you know what? I think that happens to so many people. Something unexpected comes along like the big black bear that you talked about and just knocks us down. (laughs) And in my my case, it was um, I had a health problem, and I went into the ER, and I thought, you know, this is it. It's behind me. I'm going to come back, come back out, get on with my life as usual. But it didn't happen. One night out of nowhere, I had to go back into the ER, and I came out, but I I started to feel a little scared. Like, I didn't quite know what was going on. And when I had to go in for the third time, that's when I really started to feel the sense of despair, the sense of hopelessness starting to sweep over me. And I could tell that the doctors didn't really know what was going on. And I, I was really scared. But I had a very good friend, and she was into alternative healing. And she came to see me at the hospital. And, you know, she looked at me, and she said, Anu, how many times are you going to go through this before you're willing to try something different, before you're willing to change? And those words really hit home. And I literally willed myself out of the hospital and I started to explore alternative methods of healing. Till then, I had been really resisting it, um, resisting, you know, when she would talk about it. But I'd listen, but I was really resisting it. But I came out. I found this amazing Chinese medicine doctor. And then I also discovered flower essences. And those mm-hmm. two things together, they saved my health, but they also changed the trajectory of my life. Because you know what, I really, when I look back at the incident, what I really learned is how important hope is in our life. And I really want people to feel that they are never powerless, that they can create change. And so that became like my mission. That's what I really wanted to help people understand and sort of reclaim hope in their life. It's a very important topic that you bring up, yeah, because <clears throat> hopelessness leads to many dark places. So so this is great that your friend yeah. said those words to you and you took them in and then changed so much about your life. You know, that is a question that I ask myself very often, Patricia. How many times are you going to go through this before you're willing to change? It's like... It's mm. always, it speaks to me even today. What will it take for me to change, to shift, and to do something differently? So it's a question I ask myself frequently. And what a great mantra. Too. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's good for them. Yeah. Good. Mm-hmm. They're lucky that you say this to them. <laughs> it's a great question. It's a great mantra so that it can lead you onto the right path. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it points the way forward. 
Now, when you work with people in in a private practice in groups, how do you work with people with ancestral root issues? So I work with people one on one. Um, I usually work over Zoom. Before COVID, I used to see people in person, but now I work over Zoom. And I do also um, run workshops where I want to introduce people to this idea of ancestors and ancestral healing. But when I'm working one-on-one, what I really am doing is I'm just listening. I'm listening to what people are saying. What are the issues they're struggling with? I'm listening between the lines to the emotions that are coming up, the patterns that are strugg- they're struggling with in their life. And usually not in the first session, but often then discovering where do these patterns originate? How far can they, do they know where it goes back to? Like a mother, a parent, a grandparent. Like what do they really know of their family history? Like can they see what is asking to be seen? What, did, what do they need to see and shift and change? Um, so that's how I do the one-on-one. And mm-hmm. in the workshops, I really want to just have people understand that their ancestors are really affecting their life. And so, you know, just getting them to think about that and how it's showing up That's in their life. That's kind of a scary thought. <laughs> I mean, to think <laughs> about, true, you know, true. people that have come before, you know, that are no longer with us, but they still have a, a hold on us somehow. So you're finding, I would imagine, specific patterns within these families that manifest into scarcity or lack of love or something like that? Yes, absolutely. You're so right. Um, You know, a very simple instance of a pattern is a woman who came to me and she wanted to improve her relationship with her daughter because her daughter had graduated and moved to the West Coast. And she really Mm -hmm. wanted a better relationship, but the daughter had wanted to move far away. And, you know, as we talked, it turned out that this woman was not on talking terms with her own mother. So, you know, you can see this is a pattern across, you know, three generations. Um, And that's, you know, that's really obvious in some ways. But in my own case, I started to see patterns in my own life, and those were a little more subtle. But once you start looking, you start to see patterns that, are showing up, and you're like, oh, my goodness, this is what's repeating. It's it's just a new way of looking at stuff that's going on in your life. So when you catch these patterns, and, and I would imagine you see them uh, clearly and pretty regularly with people, like this cutoff between mother and daughter, and then this mother who's trying to reestablish a connection with her daughter who – clearly chose to move far away for a reason, so (laughs) maybe several. So how do you direct somebody to look at their own relationship with their mother, grandmother, et cetera? How how do you lead them through that to heal the relationship with the daughter? Well, that's a great question. And, you know, when you look at – so just looking at mothering in general – Mother and smother are just one letter apart. But Mm -hmm. if you look at a mother who's disconnected from her own mother and she's really wanting to be close to her own daughter, you might suspect that there's something going on there already. And then if you start to look and, you know, it's too too much control, too much um, interference, too much of wanting something, from the daughter as opposed to allowing her to live her own life. And some of this comes when, you know, so let's just look for a moment of, you know, what is, what are, who are our ancestors? So in many Eastern traditions, as well as in Native American traditions, your ancestors are not just your parents and grandparents. They are those who came up to seven generations before you. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of rituals to sort of honor and acknowledge your ancestors because the idea is that if you allow, if you honor them or acknowledge their presence, then you allow them to sort of move on 
and their energy is not hanging around you. Because if you think about it another way, if you look at the the mother, the grandmother in this in this case that we're talking about, we don't know what happened to the grandmother that led to the kind of parenting that she gave the daughter. And then mm-hmm. it had an impact on the kind of parenting the granddaughter received. So, you know, there's trauma. We call it that, you know, now, of course, trauma is so entered the lexicon. But trauma can be a big T. Trauma can be a little T. Um, but trauma affects the expression of love in a family, the way in which love is expressed and the way in which it is received and perceived. So when you start to see that, you can start to, like, change the pattern. Um, it's, it leads to accepting your ancestors because you cannot change what made them into what they are. You can simply, like, accept it and move on. And part of the woman's resistance to her own mother was you know, not accepting, feeling like I wasn't seen, I wasn't acknowledged, she was always very critical, she didn't really care about me. Well, you have to let go of those stories to move forward. And then your expectations of your daughter are also going to shift. It, you know, you release the burden of expectation that you're placing on your daughter, who's then running away from you for that. So do well, you that makes sense. see what I'm... Absolutely. Yeah, so absolutely. And yeah, I think it's very hard for a lot of people to let go of the the stories because the stories usually come with a lot of pain and a lot of hurt that's built up over the years. So it's it's easy to say, yeah, we need to release it, but it's not so easy to actually do it. How do you lead people through letting go of those experiences and the trauma that they have stored inside their selves? Yeah, you know, so a lot of times, you know, we are hardwired to want to be seen, to want to be acknowledged, to want to um, be seen for who we are. And we have these expectations, particularly of our parents. So when we don't get them, we take on projections about ourselves from them. You know, um, for instance, um, my daughter, my friend's, you know, daughter said to him, she said, you know, when you criticize me, I don't stop loving you. I stop loving myself. And oh, good. What, wow. Yeah. That's, so, That's what happens. What, so yeah. what we really, yeah. So what we really want to do, you know, to we might intellectually understand something. But it is the heart that has to shift. And shifting at the level of the heart is hard. And that's where, you know, I feel flower essences, the healing of the heart. They allow Uh you to reclaim your power because you're not looking for something outside. You know, you might be saying, I'm going to wait for my father to say sorry. I'm going to wait for my mother to say sorry. That might never happen. But if you can release from the level of the heart the expectation that, you know, they're going to say sorry, they're going to do this, they're going to do that, you actually start to free yourself to live your life forward instead of being stuck in something, you know, that you cannot change. And being dependent on somebody else to change or apologize. I mean, I can tell you from personal experience, I I had several talks honest talks with my father when I was an adult and I remember several times he apologized and it didn't make any difference <laughs> it really didn't and for the the very reason you're stating that the change and the shift has to come from within and I mean it's nice to get an apology that's there's some, you know, acknowledgement on the other person's part that they screwed up or they, you know, would do things differently today. But it really doesn't make any difference mm-hmm. in your own personal healing. So you're right. That's that's exactly how it is. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, um, it's, it's interesting because one of the most, um, you know, sort of ubiquitous symbols around Christmas is holly. And holly mm-hmm. is the essence that allows you to let go of that anger. 
it really oh. leads to a softening of the heart. Um, willow is another one that lets go of bitterness. And, you know, so it's interesting because anger and bitterness are not exactly the same. Um, no, jealousy and bitterness are, yeah, so these the essences are very nuanced and they work differently. Chicory releases the need for a- acknowledgement, for being seen, for, you know, like, I need you to see me. I need you to sympathize for me. I need you to do all of these things. It releases that. It shifts that. So, you know, these essences, like, work at very um, nuanced levels of, of the emotion. And they allow us to How long- start the process of change. How long does it take? These flower essences are, are, are on a whole different level of healing. But how long does it take yeah. before somebody starts seeing an actual shift from taking them? I know everybody's different, but is there a general type of time span? Like let's say somebody has a lot of anger and they start taking, is it holly, I think you mentioned? Um, mm-hmm. How long are we mm-hmm. talking about? You know, six weeks, a month, are we talking about a year? Maybe some people are real stubborn and it takes a year. I don't know. How long does it generally take? Yeah, so all of the essences, in about a month, you start to see a difference. You start to see a a softening. So when I give my clients essences and then I ask them how they're doing, usually the first thing they'll kind of report, I feel calmer. I feel less anxious, I feel less stressed. Like those are the things that come up because often people are, you know, unless you're really journaling and, you know, I don't expect people to do anything except like just take it. Um, There is a Mm -hmm. softening that happens. There's a sense of calm. There's a sense of like um, peace that starts to make its presence felt. And that's how the essences work, very gently. And there's this awareness of, you know, not just if you start, if you are somebody who loses your temper a lot, um, and you start to notice, wow, I lose my temper a lot, but maybe I don't need to do that way. Maybe I don't need to react like that. So you almost see like a polarity of what you're doing and how you could be different. And the trigger mm-hmm. is not there as much. It, so, you know, essences are really to bring you back home to yourself because losing your temper, looking for acknowledgement, all of those are things where you are no longer connected to yourself. The more you're connected to yourself, the more you start to feel like peaceful or calm. And the less connected we are to ourselves is when we start to feel like angry, bitter, jealous, you know, envious, all of those emotions, sad, shame, those are the emotions that start to then take over. Guilt. What about, Anu, uh, fear? <clears throat> because there's certainly a, more than enough fear to go around today with the oh, sure. state of our uh, political scene, with our culture, with the threat of nuclear war and other horrible things that have been created in the past two years and even before that. But what do you do for that with people? Yeah, so, you know, researchers at the University of Glasgow identified four primary emotions, fear, anger, sadness, and joy. And a lot of times we're cycling in the first three. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's also driven by the media, by conditioning, by a lot of things. But Dr. Bach, who discovered flower essences, um, you know, he did exactly what I was talking about a little bit earlier. He identified the nuances of each emotion. So fear is like there's different kinds of fear. Fear where you're paralyzed. Fear for your loved ones. Fear where you can speak about it, like, you know, fear of flying, fear of spiders, fear of like, oh, my God, what's going to happen to the world? And then there's a fear that you can't speak of. You know, sometimes we hold fears that we just don't even want to speak about them. Hmm. And by identifying the different kinds of fear, including the ones, you know, where you can't let go of it and it's just like circling in your head constantly, by identifying the flowers that would sort of shift these emotions, 
you can create like a, um, a, a combination of these that will then soothe fear. And, you know, I think the other important thing that, you know, we don't talk about as much is trusting in a higher power that is taking care of you. You know, we flower essences are medicine from Mother Nature. Taking them is like mm-hmm. drinking, you know, the nectar of possibility, believing in hope. But, uh, you know, believing in, in the fact that the universe has your back, that you're being taken care of, that something is, you know, you, you're, you're, there's a higher power that guides your life, that's another way in which you cope with fear. It's well, that makes a that lot of sense. Other parts to it, but but here's my question: because you're, I'm sure you're very, very well informed about uh, fight, flight, or freeze, and you mentioned paralysis. So it sounds like there can be three different flower essences for those aspects. So you would have one for paralysis or freeze, one for flight, one for fight. Is that how it works? Yeah, and depending on the situation. So that's what I'm listening for when I'm listening to somebody who's like saying, you know, I'm I'm struggling with this. And mm-hmm. um, the combination of all of these has been t- put together in a very popular flower essence combination called Rescue Remedy. Which oh, is, yeah. Um, that's for, yeah. <laughs> yes, that's, you know, people don't think of it as a flower essence. It's actually a combination of fly, five flowers. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's for really, you know, it's, it's, um, it, it's good at a certain level. It doesn't work with deep-rooted um, issues that have been around for a while. But it's great for just like, you know, if you're feeling anxious and you don't know what to do, you know, to take some rescue remedy. Right. It works. Wow. It has the flower for the things you talked about. Yeah. I found this on the Sorry, what did you say? I said I, I found about it about 30 years ago. We're going through different traumas, as life gives us. But the rescue remedy was always the best. Remember, I used to drop it in the water on my desk when I had a bad day at the office. Yeah, it it works great, doesn't it? Definitely does. Yeah, yeah, and it has the flowers that you're talking about. You know, for it has rock rose for when you're paralyzed with terror. It has aspen. You know, you can't speak it. Mm-hmm. So it has multiple fear essences in it, and the fear of losing control. It it has all of that in it. So it's a it's a very it's a very popular one, and it's a very effective one. That is so funny. I mean, that is something you can get in any health food store now. Definitely. Absolutely, anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, I'm glad you you mentioned that. So now do you create your own flower essences or do you use a specific brand? What do you, How do you do this? So I don't create my own. I buy... Um, the Bach flower essences, which have been, mm-hmm. you know, around oh, at least a hundred years. Never. <laughs> and they're wonderful. And I, yes. And then I buy from California. I buy um, the ones from Flower Essence Services. So I buy them from there, and then I blend them for my clients. So I, you know, after I listen to them, I choose a combination, and I blend that combination, and then I send it to them. Um, you know, based on what what's coming up for them, whatever they're feeling or whatever they're struggling with or whatever they want to shift. Now, I, I want to say something, actually. You know, um, for thousands of years, dew was considered really sacred in, in across many cultures. and But it's just challenging to collect dew. And so what Dr. Bach did in the 1930s he found a way to recreate the healing property of dew and to stabilize it and preserve it. So that's what flower essences really are. They are the energetic property of the flower, and which is captured as a healing infusion in water, spring water, 
and it's preserved with brandy. So that's really what flower essences are. Hmm. They're wildflower. I had no infusions. idea. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, that is amazing that he discovered that and then found a way to, to basically market it, use it for people who are suffering in one way or another. Now, another question for you. When somebody experiences trauma, a lot of times what happens is they forget forget it. They don't want to remember it. When you give them flower essences to help deal with stored trauma, do they begin to have memory recall that they may have lost before? Well, you know, um, sorry, what did you say? Not necessarily, is it? I think it's more of a of a uh, growth period that we open the doors and open our hearts to pay attention to what's really in front of us at that moment. Yeah, it, so it works in many different ways. And I, I just also want to put out the disclaimer that I'm not a trained therapist. And so I'm really working just at the energetic level. But, you know, all our emotions, all our you know, that we cannot process intellectually, get stored in our emotional energy field, and they get stored in mm-hmm. the body. And as so many body workers say, the issues are in the tissues. So what uh, happens yeah. with, yeah, and what happens is in the limbic part of the brain, which is all the emotional part of the brain, there's no language. Um, the trauma means the language, the processing of it is not there. But when you start to, you know, come home to yourself, when you start to feel safe, you can allow some of that to come to the surface and release it. Um, You know, that starts to shift. And, you know, there is an awareness, which is the framework that starts to develop about what you went through and to start to process. And as that framework starts to develop, as the words start to come in, you know, it very gently it starts to create a safe space for you to look and reclaim the part of yourself that is submerged in the subconscious. And, you know, I never know what the timetable is. I never know when that's going to happen. But mm-hmm. all I'm doing is I'm giving the person the strength to go inside, to trust themselves, to reconnect with themselves. Because think about something that we are always told, you know, you're too emotional, you're too sensitive, get over it, don't bring your emotions to work. We are constantly told there's something wrong with us if we feel. So if we are not allowing ourselves to feel, we, can't, we stop trusting ourselves, we stop mm-hmm. believing in ourselves. And we start looking outside for validation. We start looking for someone else to, you know, validate how we're feeling. And we're losing that connection to, our, to ourselves. So just, you know, by giving people the inner confidence to trust themselves, they can start that process of, like, believing in themselves, feeling, giving themselves permission to feel. And that's what it is. It's- yeah, it's very important. I know when when I did uh, counseling and psychotherapy years ago, you know, one of the things that we learned about <clears throat> was the power of the birth process. And obviously, this happens before we have words. So anything preverbal is really tough to get to, as you know. So that's one of the reasons I was asking mm-hmm. about any uh, suppressed memories or memories we just don't have words for yet. But you answered that question beautifully, so now I understand how these flower essences create a space for the words to be formed later, and that's wonderful because there's very mm-hmm. few ways to get to that past trauma and heal it. Yeah, very and true. then slowly, yeah, it's a slow strengthening from within. I mean, flower essences will also work quickly if you're going for an audition. You know, you can take large, which is the flower essence for confidence. If you're going to make a public mm-hmm. speech, you can take, you know, mimulus and aspen. But if you're on a soul journey, then it's different. 
because you're allowing yourself to come into that full strength and full potential of who you really came to be on this earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a question for you also, Anu, about, you know, we have a lot of people on the show that have experienced alien contact, and a lot of them have talked about their abduction experiences, some of which they remember, some of which they don't. They just remember threads of it. And certainly there's a lot of trauma that goes with something like that. And and we've had people on the show that have had good experiences and not so great experiences. What? How would you approach that therapeutically with these flower essences? Well, you know, if they didn't have good experiences, um, there is a particular flower essence. It's called post-trauma stabilizer. And it kind mm-hmm. of does what it says. Uh, so that's a great one. Another one is about energetic boundaries. And, you know, this comes from from childhood when we are always looking to make someone else happy or someone happy. And we start to overextend ourselves um, and uh, and not knowing what our boundaries are, and sometimes even with a lot of energetic entities, what's our boundaries and what's not our boundary. And Think Yarrow is is really good for energetic boundaries. Centauri is another one for helping you have uh, boundaries. So these are things that can all help, A, in releasing if something was unpleasant, and also setting a boundary. Because... You know, my mentor used to say the purpose of the ego is when you go to a restaurant, it, the hand knows in which mouth to, to put the food in. But so there's <laughs> the ego and then there's the soul. Yeah. And so what's our boundary? You know, where do I end and where do you start? And the you can be any you, you know, just any entity, anything, whether it's a parent, whether it's a community, whether it's anything, where do I end and where does something else start? And learning to recognize that and, you know, establish a clear, healthy boundary is also really important. That makes so much sense. Because mm-hmm. I think it, it's really, it really troubles me sometimes. That, that is one group of people that appears to be a fairly large group that really doesn't get help. Um, And that's why I asked this question, you know, is there something that will help? And you came up with two really good ideas about how to help people that have been through these experiences with these flower essences. So that's wonderful. Yeah, you know, and Patricia, sometimes it's not even alien entities or... Sometimes it's just I've noticed when children are really young and they're so open, um, there are entities that, you know, can attach or visit the child or come. And, you know, the child is not exactly aware because the child hasn't set boundaries. And so those are the times when the parent, you know, doesn't say, oh, I I think you're imagining it or something. But you know, really setting an energetic boundary with energetic clearing of the home, you know, making sure that nothing is coming near your kid, making sure that mm-hmm. everything is clean and energetically protected. That's also important. And children become mm-hmm. particularly vulnerable when there's discord in the house. Oh, yeah. Because they're trying so hard to, you know, keep the peace and make everyone happy. It doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. You you can see that, you know, that it, it's it's very uh, disconcerting, to say the least, mm-hmm. to children when the parents aren't getting along or there's some type of arguing. Even if it's minor, you can see that they're just so uncomfortable, the kids, you know, in their own body, in their own skin mm-hmm. when this is happening. And it makes sense because they don't yeah. have their own boundaries anymore. I mean, and yet, I should say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very interesting. My goodness. You must help so many people. Uh, Well, I, you know, I I feel like I try. To me, that's the most important thing. If 
Because when, you know, we are the ancestors of those who come after us. So if we shift, we can shift seven generations to come. So healing at all levels is so important. And when you shift, you shift those who came before. But, um, you know, I... Yeah, but you know what I really want to also share, Patricia, is honoring the ancestors, which is, you know, their energy can be hanging around you as well. And so how do you release that? How do you shift that? Um, Because without knowing it, you know, the reason why we get these transgenerational patterns is because there's something unresolved in the lineage before us. And we take on pieces of what is unresolved. And, you know, we come in and we take on that to heal it. And um, so, you know, sometimes we feel, why, why am I the one who's doing the repair work in the family? Why am I the one doing this? But it's, it's a really sacred task. And to support people who do that, I think, you know, an ancestral altar or any kind of altar where you resource yourself, where you nourish yourself, you know, that becomes energetically important as a way for you to, you know, anchor the energy, resource yourself, get support, and also be able to be protected. That becomes really important. Yeah. Well, let's – I just want to play the – very quick commercial. We're going to come back, and I want to continue this fascinating conversation about how do we approach our ancestors and how is that going to affect seven generations to come. That is really quite a concept. So stay tuned, everybody. We will be right back. The health benefits of sunlight to our body are well known. Light energizes. Light lifts your mood, and light can heal. What if all these benefits were combined into one portable device that you can use in the comfort of your home? The German medical device manufacturer Weber Medical has recently launched the Endolite Band. The Endolite Band looks like a smartwatch but does so much more. This revolutionary band is equipped with true laser diodes that irradiate the circulating blood via your arteries. Each color provides its own powerful benefits. Red and infrared light deliver energy and regulate your immune system and blood pressure. Yellow is a real mood booster and improves sleep quality. Green impacts oxygen supply. And blue has anti-inflammatory effects. The Endolite Band has three programs. Recharge helps you start your day with energy. If you want to unwind and clear your head after a busy day, select Relax. When you need full support, select Recover, activating all diodes at the same time for the full range of effects. Improve your well-being at the touch of a button. 30 minutes per day gives you the advantage, and there are no side effects. Let the Endolite Band bring you a healthier life. Order now at www.wmedicalsystems.com. That's www.wmedicalsystems.com. Welcome back, everyone. I just want to remind everybody, if you are interested in purchasing the Endolite Band the company was generous enough to offer our listeners approximately $100 off the purchase price. And I'm saying approximately because it's in euros. So uh, you know what's happening to our dollar. You should probably buy this sooner rather than later. <laughs> but anyways, um, you can get a discount if you go through our website and you use the uh, coupon code Supernatural Girls with AZ. So, again, we are having a fascinating conversation here, and we're talking about healing the roots, our ancestral roots, which we need to heal. And, Anu, how do you create an ancestral altar? What do you recommend for that? Yeah, well, one of the things I want to clarify before that is uh, there was a Cuban medical anthropologist, uh, Alberto Violdo. And he went into South America and he found these ancestral altars. And he said, you know, in most Western traditions, the, it was, you know, it was believed that ancestral worship is what people were doing in the Native American traditions, the Eastern traditions, that all of in South America. 
And he said, you know, what the ancestral altar does, it anchors the energy. And he said, instead of your ancestors hanging around you, by creating an ancestral altar, you know where they are. And if uh-huh. they're not running amok, ruining your life. And wow. so I think this is an important distinction. We think, you know, that maybe there is ancestor worship. We are praying to your ancestors. But I think there's a distinction. You're not praying to them. You're praying for them. You're praying for them to evolve, for their souls to be in a better place, in a higher place. Because when they're not, their energies, you're picking up on them. Because we are the part of them in flesh and blood that's on this earth. And so if they want to evolve, if they want to make amends, for things that they have done, for what's, you know, unresolved in, in the lineage, which is the energy of unresolved emotions, they cannot do it. They can only do it through us. So the patterns repeat so that, you know, we take them on. But if we honor the ancestors, if we can do it through an ancestral altar or, to pr- or in terms of prayers for their well-being, then we can allow them to live to higher realms of existence. They don't have to be, like, trapped, you know, so close to the earth plane. So you can make an ancestral altar, you know, in any part of your house, just not in the bedroom, on a raised surface, whether it's a little table or a shelf. Just place a cloth. Place anything that symbolizes your ancestors. You can place photographs if you have them, or maybe something that represents your ancestry, or something from nature, and just, you know, some candles, incense if you like, flowers, or, you know, nothing, just something from nature, you know, whatever it is. Um, and just put put in, like, a little prayer of gratitude, like, you know, I'm, thank you for everything I've received from this lineage, and including the challenges, which kind of are going to make me into who I'm meant to be. And that's, that's a little harder to do, the... The thank you for the challenge, but yeah, that's, that's hard. Feel the most, <laughs> yeah, because you know we take the blessings for granted. We don't think about them, but it's the challenges we notice. We feel the burden of the challenges. Oh yeah. So right, <laughs> yeah. How do we realize? How do you go back seven, seven generations? What made the seven generations the the key distance between? today and yesterday? You know, that I do not know, but what I've noticed is that seven seems to be the number universally, like in Native mm-hmm. American traditions and multiple Eastern traditions. It's seven seems it to be the number, and I don't know why. Yeah, yeah. maybe it ties to something. In, yeah, in seven generations, it's like if every generation was about 30 years, then... You know, it's like uh, over 200 years. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, you know, for us to exist today, that's 252 mothers and fathers that needed to be born for us to exist today. That's a lot. Yeah. In, in, 20, yeah. in, in 20 generations, it's a million. A million mothers mm-hmm. and fathers. That's, a, that's you know, oh my goodness! You're probably connected, yeah, to a lot more people than we imagine. Yeah, that is fascinating. And yeah, mm-hmm. I've heard seven generations always from the Native Americans that I've known throughout my life. Always they talked about seven generations. Mm-hmm. So how interesting! Gosh, this is a fascinating. No wonder. Ah, yeah, that's right. But no wonder, Anu, that this captured your attention when you started looking into this. This is a fascinating topic. Really, really Mm -hmm. interesting. Yeah, you know, it is because, um, and I, I, if it's okay, I'd like to share the story about this woman. Um, Is it okay if I share her story? Of course. Yeah, we have plenty (laughs) of time, so (laughs) go ahead. you know, this. Um, I, I, I like to share the story. I want to share it because it's just so amazing and powerful about what working with your ancestral field can do. So she was from Canada, and uh, she called because she had a son 
and he had he had quit his job and she'd heard about me and she realized that there was a pattern in her family she was the primary breadwinner and her two daughters were the mm. primary breadwinners as well and when we were, when we talked she realized that her mother and her grandmother were the primary breadwinners too now it wasn't you know there's nothing wrong with that but it's just that the men were not carrying their weight in the relationship and so oh. when her son said yeah so when her son said he didn't want to work anymore you know she could feel like all of her anxiety coming up and as we started to explore this she realized that she was carrying so much shame, so much rage and anger against her father, her, her grandfather, her sons-in-law. Like, just so there was a lot of anger. And she was trying to control her son. She was, you know, wanting to fix him. She was wanting to control him. So she started the practice of honoring her ancestors. And she started taking flower essences to release the anger, the shame, the guilt, the, you know, control. And as she started to do this, she started to get in a more peaceful place. And one day her son called her and he said, Mom, I don't know what I was thinking. And I just want to let you know I've gone back to work and I'm never going to do this again. Now she was thrilled. And, you know, so was I. But it was just yeah. the words, I, I don't know what came over me. I don't mm-hmm. know what came over me. And I'm never going to do this again. You know, that's what made me realize the family energy field had shifted. The pattern had shifted. And that's how powerful it can be to work with your ancestral energy. To honor and That is incredible. It. Yeah, that's I love yeah. this. This is fantastic because we know, I mean, both PK and I know how challenging it can be to try to release old patterns that seem to have a grip on you. And, and yet here you are presenting a, a very reasonable way to approach it that works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, there's a beautiful... There's a beautiful African proverb that says, when you cut your chains, you free yourself. When you cut your roots, you die. And cutting your chains is just Mm -hmm. releasing the feeling that you're a victim of your lineage, you know? Just Mm -hmm. releasing the feeling of victimhood. And honoring your ancestors, you know, allows you to recognize this is what I came from. I, you know, I got good things too. I got challenges, but I got good things too. It's like, it creates like, you cannot fix what happened before, but you can accept it. Acceptance creates like a sense of um, a relief allowing you to move forward because you're no longer trying to fix mm-hmm. the past. Right. Makes a big difference. Because you can't. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, it's kind of a futile task to take that one on. So, this is a, this is wonderful. It's almost like a, the feeling I get as you talk about this, Anu. It feels like a, getting into the flow is a way to describe this. When you're in the flow of this, of in your in your mm-hmm. own lineage and accepting the past, and and also uh, you're right. It's not that easy to let go of the story and the challenges that have been heaped on your plate. However, these flower essences sound absolutely miraculous in the way that they help people shift. They're wonderful. Yeah. They are. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it's a combination of four things. Coming home to yourself is honoring your ancestors, um, observing your emotions, making space for them, magnifying your spiritual connection. So recognizing that, you know, the universe is there to support you. I mean, patterns are like karma, like the law of karma in play, but the universe Mm -hmm. is there to support you, and you feed in synchronicity, you feed in grace. And then engaging with Mother Earth, who's the true mother. Our remains never leave the earth, whether we're buried, cremated. Our remains never leave the earth. So just recognizing that she's the mother of all mothers, the mother of all fathers. 
she takes you to herself at the very end in just restoring that connection. You know, all of these things can allow you to fill you up from within and not from outside, restoring your connection to yourself. Well, we all need to do this. I'm going to say work, but it isn't even work. It's it's awareness, it's building awareness. And yeah, what a yeah. wonderful way yeah. to do it. Yes, yeah, it's I mean, living is... intentionally. Ah, okay. Yes. Now, with your own children, do you have two girls, did you say? Or who do you have for children? I have a son and a daughter. A son and a daughter. So, so are you able to see um, changes with them when you've done your own work on this? Oh, yeah. yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I'm laughing because, you know, um, I've learned not to change my kids. I've learned that, you know, if something is happening that I don't like, I need to go in inside. What am I trying to, why am I trying to control it? Why am I trying to change the flow? I need to go inside because that's where I need to do the work. They're just holding up a mirror to where I need to do the work. And mm. so I feel really grateful. In some sense, they are the teachers. They are the springboard for, um, you know, for the journey that I've had to take and go inside. Wow, that's very so, nice. Yeah, and so I feel really, I feel really grateful. And I think this is what parenting is. You know, when um, there was a famous poet who said, they're the arrows that you shoot forth. They come through you, but they're not of you. I mean, in some sense they are, but they're not yours to control. Yes. You do the best you can, but you allow them to fly. That's not easy, is it? No, it yeah, is Yeah, but I think the part... That sentence when you said, you know, you start to live with intention and awareness, then, Mm -hmm. you know, I feel like life starts to create its own magic. Because at some level, life is meant to be magical, and we forget that. We do. We do. Yes. Right. Yeah, I I happen to like mm-hmm. an affirmation that I, I just started using. I'll share it with everybody tonight. I begin my day with miracles. And just mm-hmm. setting up that thought um, at the start of the day mm-hmm. allows those things to happen. Oh, good one. I love start that. Starting with. Very definitely. I love yeah. that. And it's just, it's on the heels of what you're talking about, you know, with your children, with, again, looking at everything as a mirror. It's like, okay, what am I supposed to be doing about me here? So that it's not about squeezing the life out of my kids, but it's about finding out what's going on with me. That's the key. But, oh, my goodness, what Mm -hmm. a wonderful evening with you tonight, Anu. This is so magical. Oh, you both are delightful. It's so wonderful to talk with you both. Really, it is. Thank you. Thank you. Well, we were so excited. Yeah, Yeah, so excited to get you on the air. I know we had back and forth with scheduling to try to find the perfect night for you to be here. And so glad that you were able to make the time to join us this evening. And everybody, you need to get this book, Heal Your Ancestral Roots. Release the family patterns that hold you back. Thank you so much, both of you, for having me on your show. Thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure. Well, and for us, we've learned so many things from you. We know our audience has learned so much from you. And God bless you for all the work you're doing to help people get free. It's just absolutely wonderful what you're doing. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And if you do another book, you better come back. 
if you want to hear about it. <laughs> it might be there might be a new another book coming, so we're all set to read it and have you back again. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Okay, everybody, thank you so much for joining us this evening. We will be back next week with another great show. And until then, we will see you on the Blue Highway. Good night, everyone. Good night. Thank you. Thank you so Thanks much. for listening. Tune in next week for another radio adventure with Supernatural Girl.